0: It's Dr. Whitney. Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm talking with Debbie Yadagari from Village. She is the CEO and founder. Debbie, welcome to the Modern Mommy Doc Podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me here. Excited to be here, Dr. Whitney. Okay, so Debbie, tell me
0: about Village. Tell me what it does, how it helps women
1: and families in the workplace. We want to hear all about it. Village is an employee paid benefit, meaning it's something that employers offer to the working parents and caregivers that work for them. And what we do is we hook working parents and caregivers up with coaches, prenatal coaches, lactation consultants, sleep experts, tween, teen specialists, all the way up to elder care. So preconception to college, we handle it plus elder care. That's one-on-one connections via Zoom. Plus, we help the managers navigate the support of their employees on their team. Whether an employee is getting married, engaging in a surrogacy journey, adoption, having a baby, returning from leave, experiencing loss, we hold the hand of the manager and helping them know what to say, what to do, and how to respond. And overall, we just lighten the load of the human resources department by decreasing the friction in the workplace between employees and their managers by bringing support to the employee and understanding to their bosses. So it sounds like you're almost allowing the
0: HR departments or managers to outsource some of these tougher conversations or some of these tougher navigational points for people as they're going through transitions, as they're trying to support. So the coaches are actually able to help these employees to say, okay, here's how you could think about it. Here's what the arrangement could look like. Here's how to talk to your HR manager about it.
1: That type of thing. Is that accurate? That's a small piece of it. So employees can come onto our platform and they can choose who they want to connect with. Mm -hmm. Whatever type of assistance they need, we pretty much have it. So whether it's anything dealing with children or elder care, we have a specialist who can help them navigate that specific walk of life. And you're correct. HR leaders are outsourcing the education of leadership and manager training in these areas to us because let's face it, HR leaders do not know exactly how to respond either when someone's going through a journey. Most people don't. Most people stumble. That's my journey, and that's why I started this. I had best manager, but he completely stumbled when I was having a baby, when I was pregnant, when I was out on leave, when I came back and started to discuss lactation accommodations in the office. He was off his game. He wasn't comfortable. I wasn't comfortable, and HR certainly wasn't coaching. Their managers and how to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. It's too much of an ask for HR. Every family looks different, and everybody's journey is incredibly particular to their situation. Mm -hmm. So, by outsourcing it, by using a technological platform that can automate the assistance based upon the specific needs of that employee and that manager at that moment in time, it provides both the employee the support that they need and the manager with the know-how that they have. So think of it this way. You're going through something really tough at work, and you're like, cheebers. I really wish my manager knew like exactly how to support me or what to say. We never have, what we hear more of, right, is gosh, can you believe what my boss said to me? Or I told my boss that I was pregnant and can believe this was the response. Or, you know, I just lost my mom and my manager talked, ignored the comment and was talking to me about deadlines. Like there's like a disconnect there. Managers are being insensitive to the journeys of their employees and oftentimes it they're well-intentioned. They just they don't realize, they don't recognize and they don't have the know-how. So that's part of what Village brings to the table. So we're supporting the employee, we're supporting the manager, we're supporting the relationship and we're pushing careers and companies forward. By doing all this, we help to increase employee productivity, to decrease attrition, right? People will quit less because they like working for their bosses. Mm -hmm. Today, the culture of most companies is what they see over Zoom and who they're communicating over Zoom is their boss. So the culture is what they're taking in, the empathy that they feel is being delivered to them. You know, long gone is like, ability to utilize the foosball table in the Mm -hmm. office or, you know, grab a cup of coffee with a coworker or walk into some cool lobby where it feels like you're on the cutting edge of technology. Like that's not the culture that we're feeling these days. We're feeling the human interactions over the camera. And that's what we help provide a leg up on.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that's actually true. Okay. Two things resonate with what you said. One, just like a funny thing. My friend, I remember she worked for 23 Me in the Bay Area, you know, the genetic company. And yes, yes, yes. she, I remember she would talk about the coffee menu, that it would rotate every single week. Like they would have like different varieties of coffee. And then they would have a cheese tasting board every single week that they would bring in like local cheeses from Pasadena with like fancy crackers, of course, like gluten-free and nut-free and whatnot. And that this was one of those huge draws. I'm from the Bay Area. I'm from the Silicon Valley. Of course, yep. that culture of like, you could come to the Google campus and here's like, you could do your dry cleaning here and that's going to be amazing. But now we don't need that anymore. Like, I mean, we might need it again, right. but at this point, things have pared down so much your idea of what culture is in your business with your employer really does come down to what are the conversations like? I mean, we used to even have a yep. holiday party that we would have everyone come to. We used to do like, you could go to the zoo with your family. We'd have an event type of thing in the in the summertime at my pediatrics office, but
1: we haven't done any of those things in three years. Right. It, it all comes down to human relationships right now. That's what culture is being steeped in just human relationships. And if the human relationship is broken, if there's friction between the employee and the employer, because the working mom is suffering to juggle, you know, mm-hmm. three kids at home because of exposure, it's the pandemic plus deadlines and connecting with their boss with noise in the background and kids mm-hmm. running by, there's tension. And if a boss or if a manager can understand, you know, what is necessary to support that working mom going through a pandemic with three kids home quarantined because of exposure and, you know, all sorts of stuff happening in the background, they're going to be better off long-term. It's just everyone's going to be more productive, happier. Happiness is an incredible driver of not only individual productivity, but of, company profitability. So this is where we have to push the ball forward when it comes to corporate America is really diving in and thinking that, you know, culture is more than cheese and a coffee menu. That's really cool. And it's kind of like a distraction. If you don't like your team, you can mm-hmm. come together, talk about what kind of latte yeah. are you having, but do you really like the people? You know, are you really motivated to work with them or are you just counting down the minutes until you get cheese? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Exactly.
0: Exactly. The other thing that spoke to me about what you were saying is, you know, in my role at Modern Mommy Doc, I have a relatively small team and we all work together and it's kind of me and then everybody else kind of in a lateral line beneath me. But at my office, I'm in both roles where I am an employee I own the business, but I'm still an employee of the business. And I'm also an employer. I'm part of the executive team. I'm in some of those conversations with people, having tough discussions with people. And I will say a lot of the conversations that we have internally on an executive team about how should we talk to this person? What should we do about this? Of course, we have our HR manager who's there and who helps to guide us. And she's amazing. But A lot of it is based off kind of these fears of, I don't want to have the wrong conversation that's going to insult this person. I don't want to cross a line that would be taken the wrong way. And if you Mm -hmm. haven't gone through, through that same experience that this person is asking you for assistance with, maybe your parent hasn't died. Maybe you haven't had a kid. Maybe you haven't needed to take an extended leave for something. It's so easy to kind of step in it without
1: even meaning to. Absolutely. And so what happens, because people are afraid to step in it, they do nothing, right? They're like, hands Mm -hmm. off, let me just not even broach the subject. And sometimes that can be just as bad to not say something. And so it's kind of like this catch-22. It's the sticky situation. You don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to say, you don't want to do nothing at all. So wouldn't it be great if there's a playbook you could turn to? And like, yes, now there is when it comes to all those sticky life events, because now, amidst the pandemic, we realize that we're not just workers, we're not just mommies, we're we're all of it, right? We're mm-hmm. 360 degrees, we're we're all around, we're full human beings, and we can't bifurcate certain parts of ourselves, you know, to divide the work life part and the home life part. We're we're one. And so when you can bring support to the most important parts of somebody's life, which are clearly the home stuff, right? The work stuff is Mm -hmm. kind of like what enables, that pays for the home stuff. Then you're going to derive great dividends, employee loyalty, higher productivity, just Happiness all around. You're going to be a happy, happier manager because it feels so good to help somebody out and know that you're supporting them on their journey to be better and do better when you be better and do better. And it becomes just a cyclical ball. It's like, you know, building a bigger snowball. It's great. So, long story short, that is what Village does. You know, we're supporting working parents and achieving their goals and providing them with the tools, but we're doing more than that. We're really recreating culture and forcing. Corporations and enterprises to rethink how they're supporting and managing their employees and asking them to go beyond just throwing some tools at the employee to self serve and saying, this is a bigger conversation and we all have to become a part of it. HR, let's take a peek at your policies. Managers, you got to buy in here to, you know, what's happening to the employee's life outside of. You know, their KPIs and their objectives. Mm -hmm. An employee, we know it's hard. You know, we're here for you, we've got your back, and we've got specialists to help you wherever you need. Okay, so let me dig into
0: one particular area because as I talk with all of my colleagues who really want the best for working parents, working moms, especially, but working parents, I feel like there are a lot of solutions that are out there in terms of helping maybe with like the management of the to-dos, building efficiency, building productivity. Of course, we have all our apps for, you know, ordering groceries. So that way we don't have to attend to that so much. We have all of the tools for coordinating with your partner. I feel like there's been a lot of new things that have come up around that. But childcare, I would say, is like the thing that still feels like a big sticking point that it feels like the solutions on that are very, very you know few and far between so tell me Absolutely. more about the childcare coaching like what does that look like for a parent because i think a lot of employers and employees would be very interested in that particular part just because i know from my own personal life my gosh to like be able to know that i have secure childcare all the time <laughs> it's like it keeps me at work keeps me focused keeps
1: me less stressed all those things completely so, Village does not supply childcare, but mm-hmm. our coaches who help with childcare, they help with the navigation. So, making those decisions of what's best for your family, depending on the circumstances. Does it make sense for you to have a live in au pair? Does it make sense for you to utilize on site childcare or to bring in a live out nanny or perhaps just an after school babysitter? What are the questions that you need to ask? How do you mm-hmm. need to handle payments? of your childcare provider? How do you have conversations with your childcare provider? You know, same thing that you were saying before, how like you're an employee and you're a boss and you wear all these hats. For many people, when they take on childcare, it's the first time they're becoming a boss. Mm -hmm. And so there's this tendency almost to kind of allow your childcare provider to be the boss. And we hear time in and time out from parents who feel like, their child care provider is running the show mm-hmm. and doing what they think is right and they're uncomfortable so we empower employees, parents, moms mm-hmm. to engage their child care providers to make sure that they're the ones that they're that are in control it's their family it's their child you know we help them with navigating such things as you know bottle feeding the breastfed bed baby so you don't mm-hmm. run out of the milk stash so those are more of the things that we handle, but absolutely child care is a huge problem and it is it's a hot topic right now in VC circles and there's a lot of money being that wants to go towards finding solutions, but at the end of the day it comes down to a labor shortage. Mm-hmm. Our child care providers for the most part are some of the, you know, least Paid professionals. And the whole term professional is, is a little bit in limbo. So there's a lot of providers and vendors out there that are trying to professionalize being a childcare provider and being a professional nanny and you know, but and providing services that ensure that these people receive benefits and top dollar. But then on the opposite side of that, I think so many working parents can't afford all of that because they're paying with post post-tax money. And then on the other end, that creates a market of, you know, labor where you're expecting to pay not very much. And so what type of worker are you going to get in exchange for that? It's a huge debate all around. And mm. you know, who's in charge of of subsidizing is any should anybody subsidize child care should it be the government should it be the employer so yes you know as a mother of five who day in and day out <laughs> <Dang. experiences, laughs> you're you're singing to my heart it's absolutely yeah. something that needs to be fixed asap and we are partnering with many companies who do help supply child care but even those who help to supply child care you know Everybody's still trying to figure it out. It, it, it's a diff- That's a difficult problem that needs a solution yesterday.
0: You know how like in high school you could join different clubs depending on your interests or things people were into? I wasn't really that much of a club person when I was younger. But these days it feels like having a tribe of other working moms around me is so, so valuable. And it's hard to do in real life because we're all scattered and busy and have our separate lives. We have designed the Modern Mamas Club to be that club, that tribe, that support network for you. And we didn't want it just to be about what are the ways we can help you to be an awesome professional, or what are the ways we can help you to be an awesome mom, but also what are the ways we can help you to remember who you are as an individual person. Voila. Welcome. The Modern Mamas Club is on the scene. It's a community of mamas to support you. 24 access to our video library, live events, workshops, hangouts, relatable mom rooms and discussions, and a resource library and recommendations from yours truly, Dr. Whitney. Go check it out at modernmommydoc.com. I do think you're really part of the solution because you're right. Like until we can figure out who's going to subsidize what I really think like the payment and the labor shortage, right? Those two things you and I are not going to figure out, but I am always talking with moms at modern mommy doc about, okay, so here's the circumstances that surround us. You know, here's the paid leave circumstances. Here's the like wage gap circumstances. Here's the injustices against like just being a parent in the workplace. Right. Right. And we can all work on all the outside things and policies and subsidies and all the things that should happen to support us. But we also have to do the internal work of being able to make decisions that fit with our values and are in alignment with our goals. And when it comes to childcare right now, in the current situation that we're in, so much of this is about trade-offs and benefits when it comes to what. Half solution that you're going to pick for working parents. So, I know, for example, I've had my kids in daycares. I've had them in preschools. I've had them with a nanny. I've had them in a nanny share. I've had them in public school, right? I've had them in all those different scenarios. And each and every one of those has come with its benefits and the things that are not so great for us. And so, actually, in the Working Mom Blueprint, we put together an entire table and a checklist that parents can go through to kind of say, okay, depending on what you're going to pick, here are the things that you can look at to see, like, this is the measure of a really great quality childcare center. This is the measure of a great quality nanny, in our opinion, and in the AAP's opinion, the American Academy of Pediatrics. But then here are the decisions you need to make. Here are the factors. Is it flexibility? Is it affordability? Is it that you're going to be able to, you know, have sick care when the caregiver is sick? You know, reliability for that person, and those things have changed at every season of my children's lives and of every season of my my professional life, right? Right now, I don't need the flexibility as much because I'm home on more days, and so I could go pick them up. It'd be a huge pain in the tush, but I could go do it if I absolutely had to, and I could throw them in front of a screen. There are other times in my life that I had $450,000 in student loan debt from medical school, and I could not miss a day of work. In fact, I was working extra to try to pay that off. So like, my kids are just going to have to stay wherever they are, so that way I can keep on working and bringing home the bacon. So. I I think that's one really powerful thing that your coaches can do with, with families. I do think that's important so that families get to that place with another prof- with a professional of getting centered around what matters most to them, what are their priorities when it comes to childcare.
1: Absolutely. And like you said, there's, you know, there's pros and cons to every decision. And so when there is a deficit in whatever decision that you've chosen, how can you fill in the blanks like and Mm -hmm. what are you willing to fill in like do you need someone who can help with laundry and cooking or is that something that you don't want and you really want to be able to fill in with that because maybe you're not the mom who likes to run around and play dodgeball in the backyard or get down on the floor and play legos maybe you're the mom who likes to teach math and science through cooking and that's Mm -hmm. the way you're going to engage with your children how can you feel like you are still in control and achieving all of your personal goals, which of course, all of us have as, you know, just engaging and raising wonderful human beings. And we all have different things that we can give to that process. And some things they have to be outsourced and other things we want to get our hands dirty with. So yes, it's, it's a wonderful conversation and another thing that I really like that what we do that plays a part of you know this larger ecosystem is it's not just support for the working mom it's support for the working dad you mentioned mm-hmm. the pay gap earlier by engaging working fathers in the conversation we're level and expecting them to perform just as much as the working mom we're going to level the playing field which will in turn level the Pay gap, we hope Mm -hmm. eventually, right? Mm -hmm. Because we know that part of the pay gap, anyway, is because women are, you know, taking time out of their careers because they're taking, they're making choices so they can, you know, be more of the care provider and not take on additional responsibilities. Well, Mm -hmm. we're starting to see, you know, a shift in that as this generation of parents says, you know, regardless of your gender, says, hey, you know, I am a parent you know, full stop and I'm in it. And Mm -hmm. so that's, I think, going to improve the overall ecosystem. Like you said, it's not going to address affordability or labor shortages, but it helps to create a conversation that forces employers to be a little bit more flexible, a little bit more empathetic, which then helps us to deal with the whole ecosystem, you know, maybe we Mm -hmm. can be a little, work a little asynchronously. So that way, you know, can't find somebody to help us during the day, but we can get that after school college kid to help out with childcare. It offers us more optionality. Absolutely. And if you guys are looking
0: for resources
1: on how
0: how to level the playing field in your own homes for a total like some win for you and your partner. This is not like an anti-men thing. Two books that I would highly recommend. One is How Not to Hate Your Husband After Kids, Jancy Dunn. Salacious (laughs) title, but like amazing book that talks about kind of the roots of why this happens, of why we become the "she fault" parent, because I think a lot of times it feels like it's because maybe there's some like laziness on our part, on our partner's side, or you know, because they don't want to. She really goes into depth about kind of what are the. Social constructs and what are the biological constructs that make it so that we have this shift, and then kind of what to do about it, how to have those conversations with your, with your partner, talk with them. And then the other book that I always recommend is Eve Rodsky's Fair Play, which talks, she gamifies dividing and creating more equity within the household. So check her out as well for how to create that system in your own home for saying, hey, I have a career and also personal interests and I'm a human that are outside of my kids. I do not want to be the sheep all parent. My husband this week, we have a childcare shortage in our home and my husband is leaving work like 30 minutes early for two days of the week. And on Friday, he goes, hey, so do you think he only works till one on Friday? He goes, hey, you think you could like maybe just watch the kids until one on Friday, I'm like?" buddy, look at our tax returns. And like, who, who is making more money? You, you can take the day off, my friend. I love you. I love you so much. But financially, it makes absolutely no sense for me not to have billable hours in my office when yes. at the end of the year, that will actually allow us to be helpful. And it doesn't mean then he's the only person who ever takes care of our kids. But in short-term crisis, crises that we have, in short-term situations like this, it. Almost always makes more financial and reputation sense, honestly, for him to be the one who does that so that that way I don't lose patience, so that that way I don't have a huge pay cut because financially that's what works well for our family. So if you are feeling like that's a conversation I could never have with my partner, check out those two books because it'll help you a ton, help me a ton.
1: Yeah, that, those are extra resources. I, I don't know the first book, but yeah, I, I love even her book. It, it's amazing. And you know, speaking from the viewpoint of someone who has five children, you know, I've been through that first year and hating my husband five times. There really (laughs) is a a biology to it. I I think it it must have something to do with like, you know, spreading out children or something, you know, there's no way I can do this again with you. Like, stay away. But you know, my husband and I, we got to the point after after enough times having babies and going through it, you expect it and you laugh about Mm it. And Mm -hmm. it's, I... I talk about my experience only as a way like it can get done. The first time, second time around, we had a very different interaction. By the time we got to like fourth and fifth, we're like, all right, been there, done that. And our marriage is so much stronger because Mm -hmm. of it. And it's not just the first year. This is like a long-term you know, setup for the family. And it's so important to role model that share for the next generation. And so even if you're seven or eight years in already to the parenthood cycle, like go for it, like check out these books and definitely have those hard conversations with your, with your partner. It makes a world of difference in, in how everybody feels about their contributions to the family, including the people on, on the receiving end, the children.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, I think about what I want my kids to expect when they're older you know, from their partners. I think about what I want my children to expect from their employers, like what, how I want them to be addressed. There was an email that went around at work a couple weeks ago that said, Dr. Reed, one of my partners, how would you like this? And Whitney, how would you like this? You know, like I'm a physician too. (laughs) And I love it that my male partner answered back. He actually was more offended by it than I was and answered back, if you could either address both of us by our first names or both of us by our formal names, that'd be fantastic. But I noticed that only the male in this email was addressed formally and that the female in this email was addressed casually. So I'm fine. He's like, I'd I'd actually rather if you just address me in my casual, you know, in my first name or my casual name, you could ask Dr. Caceres what she'd prefer. And I was like, oh my gosh, raise the roof on this like totally advocating man. And in the same way, I feel like as women that we can totally advocate for our male partners at work, our male business partners at work by when they need time to take care of their kids that we're like, yes, awesome. That we're asking them about their time with their kids that we're really thinking about them as parents as well. And not just our female parts.
1: Totally. We need to encourage them to take parental leave, to take bonding time. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have to level the playing field, not just when it comes to the the W-2s, but also in everything else. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. So- I, I love that email response. Awesome.
0: <laughs> I know. I mean, I was like... My face got all red. I was blushing, like looking around, like, whoa, I've never had anyone, honestly, professionally stand up for me in quite that way. And it wasn't even anything major. Like, I want to not minimize people who have actual trauma that happens from a racial bias standpoint or, you know, gender standpoint at their work, because obviously there's like all kinds of things that are way worse than that. But for me, just in terms of the level of respect that he was showing me. It was, it was huge. Yeah. So tell us where people can find out more about village, because I know there's going to be some listeners who say, I want to talk to my employer about this, or there's going to be some employers who are listening to this that say like, Oh my gosh, get this in. It's going to help me keep my employees around. It's going to help me to have such a better work culture.
1: Absolutely, and it will. Amongst our clients, we have a 96% retention rate post-baby. The national average is 57%. So we know it makes a difference when employees have this resource in their back pocket. So Village, spelled V-I-L-L-Y-G-E, V-I-L-L-Y-G-E, and village.com, social media, at Village everywhere. And please, please, please definitely get in touch with us. If you want to just email us, directly you can email hello at village.com awesome thank you so much for being here
0: Debbie hey mama if you want more of the modern mommy doc podcast make sure that you click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes we'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag modern mommy doc if you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks for listening.